You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Aloha and good morning. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, We're really blessed that you would choose to hang out and do church with us. And um, what's specifically uh, really neat and special about today is this start of a new chapter in our church. Today, officially, uh, we enter into this house church season here at Reality, uh, kind of as an interim to meeting uh, till we meet together in a large setting. But I'm hoping that right now you are safely gathered with some friends and others from the Reality family uh, in your homes right now. And my prayer is that these small amounts, even though it's not as we totally want it, we're not all together in our awesome cafeteria at Aliolani, um, that these small amounts of relational connection, especially after not having it for so long, will go a long way and there'll be such deep and rich and beautiful things happening in your homes this season. Um, And uh, I'm excited for it. I really am. And I believe that God wants to do a work. And if you have any questions or you're hearing this for the first time, uh, we've added a new web page to our website at Reality Honolulu called House Church. encourage you to go check out that. And uh, there's everything kind of you need to know to help you understand um, this new season, how it works, and also to get plugged in with others to do church together. Um, that said, uh, I'm also, you know, grieving and hurting as so many of us are, um, for our nation and our world and especially our brothers and sisters of color. Um, my heart, you know, and, and my role as your pastor for those that call reality Honolulu home is to help understand, um, what it looks like to live out the way of Jesus in the world around us. And when really hard things happen, like that are happening right now, um, and I shared this at our time of prayer and kind of lament on Tuesday night, our Tuesday night prayer meeting this last week, Um, But when it comes to this and navigating this and when it comes to, you know, the injustice we see and confronting uh, systemic racism and white privilege and all that's happening um, and what the Christian's response should be or the church's response to be to all of that, like I want to be completely transparent um, in that I don't know how to do this or the best way forward, or what uh, the correct trajectory or path is. You know, so many times as, as a pastor, I, I can see that. I can, I can see the way forward in so many different ways. But I, like so many of us, are all of us, are a work in progress, and we have tons to learn. And through lots of prayer... Uh, endeavor to, 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 to help lead us as a church in the way of Jesus through all of this. That said, I, I, don't, I, I want to do it with you. I don't want to do it without you. Um, I, I want to tackle the hard stuff, and I want to learn, and I want to be educated, and I want to be courageous, and I want to see God using me to end injustice and be an advocate 
to see God's kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And my hope is, is that you would come with me into that. And my hope is, is that I I wouldn't lose you in this. And my hope is, is that even though this is so hard and complicated, that you wouldn't tune out. But what I do know is now is the time for us to examine ourselves, right? To look inside ourselves and repent where we need to and to admit wrong and where we've added or contributed to racism. And I do know that it is the time to have empathy for others, to listen well before speaking and to engage in loving and treating others the way God wants us um, and, and created us to be like. I do know it's the time for us to pray and to ask God to bring healing and restoration and unity. Again, there is so much more to this. But I do believe that this is not to be a cultural moment, flash in the pan type of week or type of month, but rather a lifelong journey for all of us. And as your pastor, um, we plan to create space as time goes on to process, to talk about this and pray through and act upon it, act upon it. That said, a guiding force for us has got to be the Word of God, the very God-breathed and God-inspired Word that we dig in and study week in and week out. And again, that's why we spend so much time in it. And once again, we're going to allow God's Word to lead us and speak to us and shape us today. And so I'd love if you could turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7. And once again, you will see out of our text today that it is so very relevant for what we're going through and our world is going through right now. And what will, will, will be given today is a biblical grounding of how we might approach all that's happening as followers of Jesus. And so, again, I'd love for you to read this with me, Acts 6, 1 through 7. I'm reading out of the NIV. And uh, just to let you know, there's a lot of names in this text that I will not get right, but just go with it. It says this, Acts 6, 1 through 7. In those days, when the number of disciples were increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give attention, uh, our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. The proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. 
So the word of God spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Okay, so as way of reminder for context, right, the book of Acts is a window into, right, the practices, the way of life and uh, of the early church. Everything from God using them to perform miracles, to how they shared their faith, to persecution they encountered, and really how they functioned as a church and how specifically they served others inside and outside the church. And it really has been a very practical guide of how we might, as, as a local expression of God's people, live here in Hawaii. And this whole section that we're looking at today, these, these first seven verses of Acts 6, in a nutshell, what is happening in the early church is we see a reordering of the roles of the apostles and others in the church. And the reason why they do this reordering and this restructuring is so that they might not only better serve God the way they're supposed to and called to, but as well as correct some negative and hurtful patterns that the church is doing that is hurting people. And this whole section here is, is triggered by what we see in verse 1. It's triggered by a problem in the church and how they're caring and treating each other. And so this is what's happening. There was a feeding program that the church was doing. This was for members inside and outside the church to distribute food for those um, that needed it. Pretty simple. But what was happening was that specifically... Hellenistic Jews. These are Jews that for hundreds of years um, had, had done life and lived in Greece, and now we're living back in Jerusalem, living and doing life with Hebrew Jews. And during this food distribution, what was happening was this minority of Hellenistic Jews were being passed over or neglected or treated unfairly with what and how much they received. This problem, this problem kind of was stirring and it was brought all the way to the top, right? All the way to the leadership, the apostles. And remember at that time, this isn't a group of like 30, 40 people. Uh, at the time, we, we see that the church is at least 5,000 plus men along with their families. There's, there's thousands, if not like almost tens of thousands of people um, in the church. And it became such a big deal what was happening here that they brought it to the leaders, they brought it to the apostles to do something about it. And it's important to see how the leaders of the church handled it. Okay, so I have three points here. Number one is they gave attention to the matter. Give attention is number one. See, they stopped and they allowed space and time to hear what was happening. Right? They stopped and they gathered everyone. Like, everyone. This is a big deal. We got to gather everyone. We don't want to dismiss it or put it on the back burner, but we need to give space to this complaint. And number two is that once they, once they kind of gave attention to it, number two, they listened. They listened. They heard. They learned what the problem was. They tried to understand it. 
And they took it to heart because it wasn't right to show favoritism or neglect someone just because they're different or from a different place. Again, dealing with Hebraic and Hellenistic Jews. So they gave attention. They listened. But they didn't only just do that. Number three, they, they, they took action. The church took action. Right, right. They, they, they delegated tasks, they adopted new structures and systems, they literally stopped doing it themselves, and they raised up others instead in the church that would do it better, and they gave proper, proper like, like attention and change and, and space to it. And what happened is, is they ended up literally restructuring like the whole church. Not just this feeding program. It was like the whole church of, of the role of the apostles and of deacons and of, of, of everyone in the church. It was changed so that no person would be neglected or unfairly treated. They did this to make sure that, pre- that preference, uh, that there wasn't, you know, added preference or neglect anywhere. The church here in Acts was able to see and hear and give space and acknowledge that they were in error and had the humility and courage to change and to adapt. Again, I hope that you're picking up what I'm trying to make a parallel of. I hope that you're picking up on the profound parallel here especially because we today are being reminded of unequal treatment to others. And we're all asking ourselves as to what we should do about it and how we might step in and and stop it. And I know that, that, that what was happening here in Acts to these Hellenistic Jews was nothing compared to the centuries of evil and prejudice done to our black brothers and sisters. But nonetheless, I believe that we can pull some very tangible and helpful application for us as a church today. And so, you know, right now, right, there's people in our country, in the world that are, that are protesting against this injustice and of racism, the unfair treatment of their people, right? Heartbreakingly, it's... This isn't the first time. It's been happening and happening for centuries. And and we have had huge steps forward, not only by the church, but by the world, hearing and making changes. But we would be sorely mistaken if we think that that's fixed it all or it's not, it doesn't exist anymore. And right, the recent deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Ombre have once again been a stark reminder what's happened to them and how it's been dealt with and how justice has come or hasn't come. And the current protests, right, of our black brothers and sisters are attempts to get the attention of the world and its leaders. Many of us know what Martin Luther King Jr. said. He said that riots are the language of the unheard. Now, I am not condoning the looting or stealing or injury of people or property. I don't think any of us are. But I understand, and I understand there's so much controversy here right now in all that's happening. But when it comes to the protests, it would be a failure for the church to not lean in and listen properly. 
It would be a failure for Christians if we did not listen to those that are hurting and crying out for justice and against racism. And as much as you think this is a political or party issue, it is not. This is a people thing. This is a human rights issue. We muddy the waters when all of a sudden we take sides and we make it this and that hashtag means that. You know what I'm talking about. You're uncomfortable in your home right now even that I'm talking about this. But this is not a political or a party issue. This is a human issue. And like the leadership in Acts did so quickly when they were brought an issue of unfair treatment. We need to give attention and listen to what is happening around us right now. Don't judge it. Just listen. And like the church in Acts, we as the church and as Christians need to be willing to change. Like we need change and we need to do things differently so that we don't continue to treat people unfairly and for the apostles the way that they did it the way they changed in their specific context was actually changing their own roles and their own responsibilities it was delegating and equipping others to do the work so that that they could do it better that the that, that the problem could be ended and they were able Right? The leaders in the church in the book of Acts were, were able to humbly see that what they were doing wasn't working. And again, whether it was because they, they were holding on to too much control and lacking delegation or attention, either way, people were being neglected and um, people were being neglected and the apostles didn't put it on the back burner. I mean, th think of the situation. It would have been kind of easy to be a person in power, right? That there's this kind of grumbling and complaining about so-and-so and so-and-so. It would have been easy to be like, nope, we're not going to do anything. Nothing's different. We're going to be done with it. But that's not what they did. They, they gave attention. They heard and they made changes. And in our case, so many of us are asking, and we're trying to figure out how can we help? What can we do and even though there isn't a step-by-step -step guide to this or a clear way forward, I do, I do believe that God desires to use Christians, the church, as ambassadors of reconciliation and agents of justice and healing in the world. And so honestly, where it can start is first by showing compassion and empathy and solidarity with our brothers and sisters of color. I think this is huge. Again, sh showing compassion and empathy and solidarity isn't just a social media post or a hashtag. You can do it in a lot of different ways. And also, in addition to compassion and empathy and solidarity, the next step forward would be to take action for change, right? To end injustice. And as time goes on, we just obviously need to be prayerful to and take initiative of how this may be. But here's some ideas to start with when it comes to 
our world today and how to be believers in it to see the end of injustice, to ju for justice to come and for racism to end. Some ideas to start with would be be educated, right? Read books, listen to podcasts, do research, learn your history. Learn our history, learn the world's history, learn America's history. But also it could be signing petitions, right? Voting, peaceful protesting, making donations, calling lawmakers, posting content, and, and, and a whole lot more. And obviously... We need to commit this all to prayer, to pray for God to do this, to pray for the leaders of our country that they would respond in the same way like the leaders in the book of Acts did. They'd give attention, they'd give space, they'd listen, and they'd make change. And all of this, and all that we're talking about, and all that we're navigating, isn't meant to be a sprint. It's not going to happen overnight. It's, not, it's going to take a long time to be fixed. We've got to be in it for the long haul. It's not just a flash in the pan. And we need to ask God for us to build our care, to grow our care for the oppressed into the natural rhythm of our lives. You see, this is a discipleship issue regardless of your skin color. As disciples... We care about what God cares about. And we carry out the mission of God into the world. And God cares deeply about the oppressed and marginalized and tearing down social constructs of injustice. Just read the Gospels. Look at the life of Jesus. The Gospels are filled with interactions with Jesus uh, and he's, he's seeking out the marginalized and he's bringing equality to humanity. He's calling out what's wrong and he's breaking down social constructs when it's impinging on people's uh, humanity and how they were created to be and how they were created to love their God. And so for us as the church and as followers of Jesus, all of this shouldn't be something we keep out of or silent to. It's actually quite the opposite. We should, as the ambassadors of God, right? As the, we should be the agents of justice to the world on behalf of God, our Father and our Creator. We actually should be the ones that take the lead in this. We should be actively participating in ending racism. We should be a part of changing the systems in place and that have been in place that are promoting racism and inequality. And what's important that we take from Acts and we apply to us is that the church and the body of Christ is to be in every member ministry and how we serve the church and the world. The leaders are a part of it. Right? In the book of Acts, like the apostles were a part of it, but they couldn't do it right if others weren't involved. They were actually doing it wrong themselves. They were neglecting people. People were getting hurt because it was only the leaders doing it. It was only the apostles doing it. And what Acts reminds me of is what Paul speaks to the church in, in, uh, in Corinth when he talks about uh, the, the church being like the body of Christ. And he, he talks about when, when one member suffers, we all suffer. When one member rejoices, we all rejoice. 
but that each of us have a unique role in all this. It's not just me. It's not just you. It's all of us. Like we all have a place in seeing God's kingdom come. We all have a part in loving our neighbors as ourselves. We all have a part in seeing justice and equality come to all humanity. We all have a part in being ambassadors of reconciliation to the world. And as we enter into this time of worship, and it's really this time of reflection, this time of response, here's where I want to challenge us to go first and where I think we need to as you process this, as you take it in. The first thing we need to do is we need to be introspective. We need to self-examine and ask God to search our hearts. God, where do I need to repent and surrender of racism in my own life, where I've promoted inequality in my own heart? It starts with us first. After we're done, we can tackle the hard stuff. Because we're in house churches right now and because our Ohana groups are going on during the week, I would encourage either after worship right now or in small groups this week for you to discuss this, for you to pray over this, for you to have hard conversations, for you guys to be transparent and vulnerable and honest and grow together. But I want to remind us with this as we enter into our time of worship. It took the church changing to see change come in the world. That's what happened here in Acts. The church responded. The church changed the way they treated other people. And because of that, it spilled out to the world around them. So church, let's first examine our own hearts. Let's first change and then love others the way Christ has created them. And we love others as ourselves. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, we just humbly say that we humbly just commit these things to you. Saying, God, apart from you, we can do none of this. But God, we desire to not, we desire not to be disciples or your followers just when it's convenient or easy. Just when it feels good or maybe just when it's, you know, the majority opinion or whatever it is. God, would you free us from getting caught up with the things of the world, whether that's political issues or political parties or, or slants that we have. And I pray that you give us a real pure view of your heart for people and that you would help us to cut away some of that fear and angst and anxiety and worry and wonder and confusion. Just pray that you push that aside and I pray that you'd give us your heart for people. Your heart for people. And I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that that would just exude as we, as we, as we speak and talk and learn and listen and post and interact and engage. That the Spirit of God in us would empower us to navigate this. But God, we pray in this time of worship right now that you would fill our homes with your presence that the presence of God would be in our midst, 
And God, we just believe that in your presence, you, you change things. You change us. And so we want to sit in your presence and ask God that you'd make us more like you. We want to be a church that is committed to justice, committed to mercy, committed to equality, committed to your heart being seen in the world and being active to see it happen. Would you empower us, Holy Spirit, bless our time of worship now. We pray these things in Jesus' name.